Hello, and welcome to the Whammo Art Asylum podcast, the place to explore the wisdom of art, spirituality, and the great ideas while finding meaning and mission in life. Today's guest is another fine artist, Sue Gibbons. Sue resides and works in the Denver metro area, and her work has been exhibited in solo and group exhibitions regionally, but also internationally with The Book About Death, that's the title of the exhibit, at the Brazilian Museum of Sculpture in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Her work has been included in publications such as Fusion 4, Christianity and the Arts, Mars Hill Review, and First Fruits, a compilation of art. Sue holds a Bachelor's of Fine Art from the Colorado State University and a Master of Fine Art from Azusa Pacific University. She is also taught as an adjunct ex, uh, instructor at community colleges in the area. So. Thank you so much, Sue, for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, I always start off with a little bit of an icebreaker. Uh, I don't know <laughs> uh, if it's the most uplifting question, but how have you stayed sane during this pandemic? That is a good question. I've been painting a lot. I, For a time, um, I couldn't paint because it was just too much, but that lasted maybe two or three weeks, but for the majority of these months, I've been throwing myself in my painting and in my studio. That's what's keeping me sane. Yeah, I hear that a lot from artists, that their art is what keeps them sane. It's their, it's their therapy. So, well, have you been able to show your work during the pandemic? Yes, yes. Um, I'm a member of Dart Gallery on the Santa Fe Arts District. It, Santa and Fe Arts District in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado, yes. Yeah. And I've had several shows, uh, group and solo shows there, and I'm getting ready to have another solo show in uh, September. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, hopefully people are getting to the gallery and seeing your work. Now, you posted on one of your social media pages an article that stated that over 59,000 art jobs have been lost and I believe that's just in Colorado alone during this pandemic. That's yes, that disheartening. Was, it was very disheartening. And if that's happening with art, it's also happening with other industries as well. Mm -hmm. And the, what really is sad about losing the art jobs is that the creativity and the expression of humanity is not being seen or not being able to be presented to people, whether it's dance, music, you know, fine art. It's a real shame because those are the things that keep people going. Yeah, that keep people sane, yes. <laughs> you know, during this time, I know. And we're gonna get into a little bit more of why art is therapeutic when discussing your work later, but, uh, let me get to the next question here. You mentioned to me prior to this interview that receiving your master's of fine arts, though it was very difficult, was very important for your artistic development. And I think there are a lot of artists who listen to this show and many of them are wondering whether they need a master's of fine arts. Uh, they're mulling that question over, but what did you learn while working on your master's that was so helpful? Oh, it honed me. It was like iron sharpening iron. It was really a time where I could devote 
pretty much all my time exclusively to developing my artwork, getting feedback, having invaluable critiques, uh, mentorship within that time. And it brought me to where I am now. I wouldn't have been able to make the transition from where I was when I started grad school to develop my work and to listen to my own voice with the work to create what I'm doing now. It, it was invaluable. Hmm. Well, I wanted to ask that question because I do know artists who are mulling that very issue, whether they should, whether it's valuable enough to get one or not. So I'm glad you shared that with us. Now your artistic expression is abstract, but its style within that field of abstraction changes in many ways. Sometimes it's very colorful with active brush strokes, sometimes large bands of color field and lights, grays and blacks. Then there's the diagonal staccato lines, or then there's the use of fabrics in a lot of your works. So what would you say is the unifying element in your work? Since I work in series, the materials change to suit the needs of the series. But with all of the work, it really boils down to my personal connection with the spirit and how I feel the spirit is leading me into expressing what it is I want to express. So it's a very prayerful, meditative process for me. And the outcome is the work of art. There's a lot of activity in your work. And I think in your artistic statement, you, you use the word chaos. But there's a unifying aspect to it, though, that's very soothing in a way. And I think in your artist statement, you use the term order. So you bring order to chaos. Uh, at least that, that's what I've experienced in looking at your art. Yes, I try to respond to the world around me and then seek to put some kind of order or structure to that chaos or to that jumbling of emotion that I see and feel in our world today. Mm -hmm. Bringing order to chaos reminds me of the very beginning of the book of Genesis, where the creator brings order and form to the dark chaos. So you really feel connected to something sacred when you paint, don't you? Yes, it's a very sacred time. My, my studio is my sanctuary. And it's where I can just let go and be and commune with the divine, commune with God. Because I really believe very strongly that in creation itself, the act itself is mirroring the act of creation from the creator. I mean, from a standpoint that we're all created in, in the image of God, therefore we have access to that divine creativity, the Barah in Hebrew. And that is what I feel I connect with when I'm in the studio. Hmm. Well, so creating art is like a rich, religious ritual for you. Yes, in a very, very much. Very real sense. Well, what experience do you want people to have when they view your art? 
Do you want oh, I'd like to with them. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, do you want people to experience the sacred thing, this spirit that you're feeling as you, as you put the paint on the canvas? That would be wonderful if they could experience that. I know some people will and some people won't. But one thing I like to do is let the viewer come in and bring their experience and their perceptions to the work. So that it can be uniquely something they experience as well. Um, I have had people say that they can feel the spirit in my work, which is a huge compliment. Um, and then others I've had look at the work and walk away. So it's, it's an individual thing. I mean, some people will experience it and some people won't. So I don't worry about whether they do or they don't. I just know when, when I'm creating, this is what's happening with me. And if people want to engage in a dialogue about that, that's fine. But if they don't and just want it to be their own personal experience with the work, that's fine too. I did pull a quote from your artist statement. You said, as an artist, I seek to reveal the messiness of the human condition at the moment we call on our faith to deliver us from it. The paintings and drawings then become a sacred place of being, of seeing, and of experiencing that which makes us human. You want your art to console us while also revealing the difficult aspects of life. Is that right? Yes, there, especially in this time we're living in now, there's so much chaos and negativity out there that I would like my work to be a place of solace, to have that reprieve from the messiness of our world. Uh, some of the people responding to my stirring series, which is a very active uh, canvas, have said that that work is more like energy to them than chaos, which is nice because then they're seeing something beyond the negativity that I was responding to when creating it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one thing I find with really good artists is the art is always something more than what the artist intended. And that's, that's a very spiritual notion. I mean, it's magical, but it's, it's very spiritual to, to feel like something greater is happening when you create art than just you, you know, your arm and the paint and the canvas. Oh yeah, I think, I think um, when you look at the works through art history and those works that have withstood the test of time. Those works speak to the human condition. They speak to something universal that elevates it to a, a level that makes it a great work of art. We can all identify as human beings in some way, shape or form with the work. Well, I've looked at a lot of your works all the different styles and I can definitely attest that your art does have this consoling quality. It is, it does bring some, some peace with amidst the chaos that is going on within me, my thoughts, my jumble of thoughts and emotions and physical feelings. 
But that seems like a difficult thing to pull off in a work of art, both chaos and a consoling order. So I'd like to know who are some of your inspirations that helped you? Oh my gosh. Um, well, the abstract expressionists, definitely. They are uh, Joan Mitchell, Jackson Pollock, Lee Krasner, uh, uh, pretty much Mark Rothko. They really speak to me as far as guiding me, you know, from the past into bringing my work into fruition. Also, I would have to say Robert Rauschenberg and Anselm Kiefer uh, with some of my found object work. Their influences have greatly inspired me to create and hopefully add to the dialogue that they started. Thank you. Uh, now I want to get away from your artistic style for a little bit and ask a personal question, okay? You've been married to the same man for nearly 34 years. First of all, congratulations on that. That's very difficult to do. <laughs> How has he supported your art career? Oh, I couldn't have done it without him. He is so supportive. My husband, Randy, has just... He knows that's what I am and who I am, and he has been behind me 110%, regardless of which way I go with the work or if I need to oh, take a break or push harder, he's there to help me. In fact, I know when I've made something that's worthwhile, when I get an ooh from him, because I know I've hit something that he perceives and I'm, I've hit the mark. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. He sounds like a, a good critic to have around. Yes. And you have three children, is that correct? Four. Four, four, four daughters. Children. Wow, four daughters. Yes. So in order to be a full-time artist and to have developed to a certain level of art, that takes a lot of sacrifice. And the family has to understand that. And I think that's why I wanted to ask the question, because excellence in anything requires sacrifice, not only from the person who's trying to become excellent at something, but the people around that person. Uh, your daughters, how have they taken to your career as an artist? When they were little, they were very active. A lot of times I'd be painting and they would be making art. We, we might kind of made it a family thing. And then there are other times, because I worked for my kitchen table for 30 years. Um, I didn't have a studio, so I just cleared off an area on the table and worked. And sometimes the kids were asking me, Mom, is this food or is this art? And so I have to tell, well, this is food, this is art, don't eat this, eat that. But they, they were very supportive, and they still are. They still are. They're all creative in their own right. They're either dancers or writers or actors or so. The creative genes are definitely in the family. Well, good. But it also sounds like you modeled what being excellent in the arts takes and, and they're running with it now. Yeah, they're, they're all doing something with it. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, I'd like to talk about your Christian faith for a second. It's very important in your life, obviously but it's also important to your art. And I think some people 
listening might find it a little strange that an abstract artist is inspired by the Christian story. I think when most of us think of Christian-themed art, Christian-inspired art, we think of literal, objective depictions of real people or at least overt symbols like the cross or a dove or something like that. How is your Christian faith revealed through your abstract art? For me, working abstractly gives me much more freedom than limiting myself to a literal subject matter. I feel the move of the spirit when I paint. I feel the unction, if you will, of colors to use or brush strokes to make or it's it's difficult to explain because it is so deeply personal but at the same time it's the relationship of my spirit with the you know the spirit and then putting that on the canvas and then a person coming with their spirit responding to what's on the canvas so it's a real spirit to spirit communication and I really believe that as I'm working, the Holy Spirit, if he, she chooses, can abide in it or guide or reveal within the painting itself. So the abstraction allows for a multiplicity of interpretation, however it needs to be. I'm looking at that work right behind you. It is basically a color field theory. I'll describe it for our listeners. There's the top is a field of dark gray. Then there's a kind of a band of rippling deep red dividing the gray from a, a white colored field or a, a lighter colored field. So I think somebody, people would look at that and go, ah, okay, you know, that's the, uh, that's the blood of, of sacrifice that uh, bridges the gap between the darkness and the light or something like that. But uh, is be. that really yeah. much into it? <laughs> it could be. Um, actually, that particular piece was based on a poem that a friend of mine wrote. And the title of the work is Uncried Sorrows. And he deals with Parkinson's disease. So the poem was about his journey with Parkinson's mm. and the the piece itself has, has been exhibited a couple times and people have really responded to that work uh, especially with that red line going across some people see it as something violent some people see it as something beautiful but yes I mean there is there is definitely uh, something at work when people are looking at that piece and I don't think it's just me I don't want to take all that credit I really want to you know that's that's a god thing when people can really see deeply into a work of art hmm. all right so what do you want to accomplish in the next 12 months oh, I would like to extend my representation outside of Denver maybe into Santa Fe or LA, 
New York, possibly. Um, I am working toward getting some of those connections going. But as far as stylistically, I'd like to see where this new series that I'm working on stirring is going to go because it really was a departure from some of my other color field work. And I'm really feeling a, a sense of completeness with this work and a sense of honesty with this work that not saying the other work didn't have that, but it's something new that I'm experiencing with it. So I'd like to push that even further. Well, when all is said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? Your, your legacy in the arts to be? I would love to be able, this is an ambitious goal. And if I make it great, if not, well, it wouldn't surprise me if I didn't make it. But um, I would love to be considered in the dialogue with my predecessors in art history. I would love my work to speak to a point where it's deemed worthy to be considered in that dialogue. All those heavyweights you mentioned earlier, Rothko and Rauschenberg. And... Boy, that would, that may happen after I'm gone, if it even happens after I'm gone. But if it does, I'd be flipping in my grave. <laughs> well, I think it's important to dream big and be very ambitious. I think that propels us to greater heights in our current work. So listen, all my blessings for that to become a reality. Well, thank you so much, Sue, for sharing your wonderful work with the world and sharing yourself with us today. I especially want to honor you for your desire to heal and console us through your art. That is a very noble purpose. And for those listening, thank you so much for your interest and support of this podcast. If it has helped you in any way, please share it with others by copying the link and pasting it on your social media sites. Until the next episode, keep on making your life into a work of art. Ciao.